Hey, hey, 80s Nation, I know it's a year away, but the 80s cruise is 92% sold out. Time is running out for you to get your cabin. Don't miss the ship that's going to include performances by The Human League, 38 Special, Berlin, Berlin to Carlisle, Morris Day in the Time, ABC, Dire Straits Legacy, Modern English, Jack Russell's Great White, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, A Flock of Seagulls, The Alarm, The Sugar Hill Gang, John Parr, Johnny Hates Jazz, <gasps> and of course the entire event is hosted by the original MTV VJs Mark, Allen, and Nina. Uh, Brad and I will be there hosting trivia and recording live podcasts. You can join us. Go to www.the80scruise.com right now and use the promo code STUCK when booking to get $200 cabin credit. That's the code STUCK for first-time guests for $200 cabin credit. Can't wait to meet you and cruise with you March 2022 on the Royal Caribbean Mariner of the Seas. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s, it's your old pal Spearsy. And Brad in LA. And today we commence our annual tribute to Valentine's Day, VD Day as I like to say, with a darker twist, it's our tribute to unrequited love in the 80s. I'm not going to live to another year of finding your poorly written unmailed love scratchings around this house. Stuck in the 80s is now listener supported via Patreon. Join us for VIP Zoom happy hours and more when you join at patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Wait, VD Day? Hang on a second. It's STD now. We don't do VD anymore. I, I defer to you as the expert. I don't know. Well, I, you know, I just read a lot of medical journals, Steve. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> when did they change that? Did they change that in the 80s? Or was that, a, was that a 90s thing? I feel like that was a 90s thing, but I don't know. Yeah. The 90s is all about spin doctors and STDs. All, yeah. All I know is that my knowledge of these things remains theoretical, for which I yes. am grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Thank you, Life Choices. Uh, speaking of getting choices right, every year we try to approach Valentine's Day with some sort of themed show, and we've we've had uh, you know duets, uh, our favorite love movies. We've we've had an anti love uh, podcast, I think, in the early days, and this year it was suggested to us that we might try giving a nod to unrequited love in the 80s, mainly in the area of movies. It's a little something that I think everyone's familiar with, right? I mean... Sure. 
everyone had a crush in high school on someone that didn't pan out. I mean, that's, that's just part, part of, of the human condition. And I don't think it's something unique to the 80s. But movies in the 80s surely you know, had their fill of them. But they're not the only ones. If you go back, and what we're talking about here, if you're, if you're sitting here kind of like scratching your head or you're about to turn on a different podcast, who would blame you? But the point being, these are movies where uh, our hero or sometimes even our villain doesn't get the the guy or the girl at the end of the movie. You know, he or she goes home alone. Right. And there's plenty of examples of great movies about unrequited love throughout time. Casablanca, uh, Dr. Shivago, Annie Hall, all great movies. Oh, Casablanca. So good. <laughs> I kind of want to – let's just stop the podcast right now and go watch Casablanca. Because, my dear Ricky, I suspect that under that cynical shell, you're at heart a sentimentalist. Oh, laugh if you will, but I happen to be familiar with the record. Well, do you remember the first time you saw it? I mean, I, I don't think I saw it until maybe about 20 years ago. Yeah, I I would say similar. I didn't see it until I was in my mid-20s at least, and I was really surprised at, at what it was and how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's hilarious. It is a really funny movie. It may not be a comedy per se, but there are moments in it that are just hysterical. How can you close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. But it's dripping. It's dripping with unrequited love. Oh, yeah. That's the engine in the car that makes the movie go. Right. Dr. Shivago I saw a few years ago. In fact, I think it took me a few years just to finish it. The thing, the thing is like... <laughs> that's Yeah, that's from a different era of movie making. Aren't there, yeah. aren't there three intermissions in Dr. Shivago? It just seems like there should have been. Uh, Annie Hall obviously being much, much closer to the 80s and the late 70s, uh, Woody Allen. But... We're going to talk about some of our favorite unrequited love movies in the 80s. We're going to, we're going to name some that some of our patrons suggested. And, and then we'll talk a little bit about a few songs about unrequited love. And maybe we'll spin some stories in between. Maybe we won't. You just maybe never Brad know. And I, maybe Brad and I will fight each other at one point over. You're wrong, Spearsy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're wrong on these ones. I think these are. I was just getting right, out of my you know, system. Right down. Right Right across the plate. Um, but I want you to get things started with, I think, the the movie that we all think about when we think about Unrequited Love. Okay, yeah. I think for 80s fans, this character comes leaping to the front of mind when you talk about you know, the guy that doesn't get the girl or the girl that doesn't get the guy. In this case, it's a guy. It's John Cryer. It's right there in his last name. Ducky in Pretty in Pink. You really pissed me off, you know, because you know, they shit all over everybody, including you. I just, I can't believe you'd be this stupid. Who's shitting on me? I'm not going to let anybody shit well, on me. He's just, he's going to use your ass and throw you away. God, I would have died for you. So what am I supposed to do? He asked me out and I like him. If I hate him because he's got money, just listen to me. If I hate him because he's got money, that's the exact same thing as them hating us because we don't. Do you understand? You can't do this and, and respect yourself. You, 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 you can't. Well, I'll make that decision, all right? Sure, you can, you can do what you want. You know, you're talking like that just because I'm going out with Blaine. Blaine? His name is Blaine? Oh, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. Just because I'm going out with Blaine doesn't mean I can't be friends with you. I mean, it doesn't change the way I feel about you. Oh, that's very nice. I'm, I'm glad. Here's, here's the point, Annie. I'm not, I'm not particularly concerned with whether or not you like me. Because I live to like you, and, and, and I can't like you anymore. Okay. Uh, you know, that's a little sad. You know, Ducky, who 
you know, this role, would you say that this is the John Cryer role? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to make a case for two and a half men. <laughs> well, I mean, he made a lot of money, but it's, you know. No, it's it's Ducky. I mean, I think he probably walks down the street and probably still people yell lines at him. I actually have a friend who considers John Cryer to be his nemesis. So he's obviously what? arrived. <laughs> What's here's what, here's what's interesting. So Pretty in Pink comes out in 1986, and essentially it's it's like a love triangle. I mean, right. Ducky loves Andy. Andy loves Blaine, even though he's named after a major appliance. Blaine loves white sails. Is it is the Ducky plot a side plot? Not really. I think it's I think it's important to maintaining the whole plot of the movie. That I would say so. Yeah, yeah. That's what puts but, pressure on the relationship to some extent. And and what's interesting too is and, and there's this they kind of throw this line in towards the end where. Where uh, Andrew McCarthy goes to James Spader, who plays the villainous Steph, and says, "You know, oh, I get it. You know, you're into Andy too, but she thinks you're shit." And I'm like, "Whoa!" You know, so there's another unrequited love. Yeah, that's you get a twofer on this one. Yeah, although James Spader is pretty much an asshole in this movie. Yeah, but he's such a good asshole. Oh, he he plays it just. Oh, we all yeah. knew that guy. Some of us but might so, have been that guy. I don't know. <laughs> I hope I wasn't. But yeah, me too. I, I don't. I never. My hair never looked that good. But so here's here's what I think is interesting. So there's I guess there's famously two endings of this movie. Right. There's one where Ducky and Andy. The movie ends with them dancing together at prom. Like we, it's not no. Do they, do they become a couple? We don't know. Is just, it, yeah, is it a we're friends, but I'm willing to be seen in public with you at this event, right? So, so that was the original intended ending. I think now I'm, I'm really trying to rack my brain. I want to say Molly Ringwald objected and said no. You know, in in real life, she would end up with Andrew McCarthy. So they, I thought screening. I thought the screenings, the audiences were like, this is the worst ending ever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so so they reshot it and and so Andy and Blaine end up together and just to throw Ducky a bone the movie gets changed so that uh a cute blonde uh, played by Christy Swanson ends up giving Ducky the uh <laughs> the come hither look and uh you know all is well at this point I I would rate the unrequited love aspect of this so unsatisfactory that John Hughes was basically forced to write some kind of wonderful to fix things. Do you think it took him a long time to write some kind of wonderful? <laughs> All he had to do is like, you know, control H, yeah. find Andy, replace. Yeah, with, with Eric Stoltz. You know, done. You know, turn yeah. it in. Cash a check. So, no. But it is, it is, it is obviously one of the best unrequited love stories uh, in the 80s however however that said i have a movie that i love from 1987 that i think does it even better uh, i'm talking about um, the great albert brooks playing aaron in broadcast news hey aaron i think you're the devil you know i'm not because I think we have the kind of friendship where if I were the devil, you'd be the only one I would tell. Well, you were awfully quick to run after Tom's help. Would All right, you fine. Want help? Yes. And if things had gone well for me tonight, then I probably wouldn't be saying any of this. I grant you everything. But give me this. He personifies everything that you've been fighting against. 
and I'm in love with you. How do you like that? I buried the lead. Now, 1987 was the year that, for some bizarre reason, I saw every movie that was nominated for uh, an Oscar for Best Picture. I think it was the only year I've ever accomplished that. Okay. So I know this movie well. But what I love about it so much is that you've got a great cast. You've got Albert Brooks playing. He's Albert Brooks plays a TV reporter who's a genius, very smart, um, probably smarter than the average – very much smarter than the average TV reporter of any generation. <laughs> um, and he's got the hots for his producer, Jane, played by the great Holly Hunter, who unfortunately has fallen for the doofus, handsome uh, uh, reporter instead. And Yeah, the, the pretty it, face uh, who can read a teleprompter and looks good on camera. Which is probably the state of broadcast news today still. Um, but as we heard from that scene, th- there's that great line where he finally tells her you know that he loves her and you know and the the look on her face is one of like surprise contempt and shock all boiled into one stinging wince i think is the word i'm looking for yeah like uh oh i thought that might happen uh, and now you put it out there into the actual yeah. air and i have to address it you know we could have just kept ignoring it, <laughs> no. but no, you had to, like, look, there's an elephant in this room. Yes. So, but but in the end, as if you haven't seen the movie, you should, by the way. I think it's on, oh, it's so it's streaming somewhere. I know, I because I saw it just the other night, and I was about to play it, and I thought, no, because I get upset. But Well, and if you're a real glutton for punishment, you could go back and listen to our show 436. Oh, is that what it was? We talk about Moonstruck versus Broadcast News. Anyway, in the end, it works out fine, because... Nobody ends up with Jane. And uh, so there's some poetic justice. So I would rate the unrequited love on this one as 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 just a, a, a poetic justice slash melancholy um, slash we're all good. In other words, I think we're all okay. Who the hell cares what you think? Yeah, I think, I think um, Albert Brooks goes back to his place. Pours himself a big glass of Chardonnay, gets a bubble bath oh. going, and by the time you wake up the next, by the time he wakes up the next morning, it's I, all good. You had me until bubble bath. I don't see Albert Brooks ever taking a bubble bath. <laughs> well, it's kind of, kind of why that's part of the scene because it's funny. okay. That's 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 comedy, Steve. Steve is when it's a little bit unexpected. You know. Okay. You, why don't you, why don't you give me something that's better than that then? Okay, well, better, I don't know, it's definitely different. Uh, this one we talked about, again, I keep going back to old shows, we talked about this. Uh, this is a character I talked about at some length on show 279 a million years ago when I had been on the show for like five episodes and I was still basically freaking out every time I turned on the microphone. Uh, now I just freak out all the time. but uh, And that's my favorite Anthony Michael Hall character. It's Farmer Ted. Come on, what's the problem here? I'm a boy, you're a girl. Is there anything wrong with me trying to put together some kind of relationship between us? Okay, look, I know you have to go. Just answer me one question. Yes, you're a total f- <laughs> It's not the question. Am I turning you on? 16 Candles, I like this pick. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, there's unrequited love, left, right, center, up, down, side, all over the place in this movie. The whole thing. Again, we got a triangle here going. We got Samantha. Again, Molly Ringwald. Gosh, she's always in the mix here. Going after Jake. You got Farmer Ted going after Samantha. And you got Jake loaning Farmer Ted his dad's car and his girlfriend, which is seriously problematic. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, and Farmer Ted doesn't get the girl, but he does get her underwear. Yeah. Let me just point that out. So this is not the worst outcome for him, but, you know, it, it's it's unrequited for sure. And I will recap very briefly my theory about Farmer Ted. My theory about Farmer Ted is Farmer Ted gets more tail than he can handle in college. <laughs> okay. I seriously think that's true because like and and here's where I why I say that. So A, he is completely he, he's not afraid to ask for what he wants, yeah. right? He just goes up to the girl, he's he's primed and ready, like reject me, fine, no problem. I'm just going to keep coming. Um and then the scene where he's making Jake and himself a cocktail. Watch that scene. Watch that scene. No freshman in high school knows how to make drinks no. like that. He's a smooth motherfucker. <laughs> Now, if he can keep from getting trapped underneath, you know, plastic coffee tables, he'll be yeah, just fine. Right. Okay, he's gonna be just fine. The, the, I forgot about the the cocktail scene. That's that definitely makes it happen. Can, can I can can so, I ask a completely related and yet unrelated question at this point? The the because you, you mentioned it that he gets her underwear. The the whole yeah. getting the underwear thing is a recurring thing in eighties movies. Like I, I think of the movie Class. Uh, oh, Andrew McCarthy actually gets Rob yeah. Lowe's mom's pants, not, not knowing it was his mom, but it's hanging on the moose's antlers, if if you, if you recall, it, at some point. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was, I mean, was that really a thing? I mean, did we really covet getting a pair of girls' underpants as a souvenir or something? I don't, I, I, I don't uh, remember that not as a, a thing. It wasn't really on my radar, no. <laughs> no, that wasn't really the... You know, that wasn't really the prime objective, if you will. No, but I mean, it book. seemed like Hollywood had a thing about that. Yeah, I mean, this is like the, look, everyone's wearing neon. Um, you know? I, sometimes things happen in movies that maybe don't represent reality quite correctly. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. If, you, if you're out there and stuck in A's land and, and that was your thing. And, yeah, were you, would, like, were you like nailing them up like... You know, Willie Mays Hayes nails his gloves up <laughs> on the wall. Then you know we need to talk. Yeah. And therapy, well, no, I, I want to hear the stories. What I want to hear. I, I want to hear. I want to get a reader, a listener mailbag submission on that. Do, do we? Do we want to hear the story, Steve? Do we? Well, I don't necessarily want to repeat uh, it. I just write, want it. Write, write them down. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't. I don't know if I want to talk them there's, through. There's a lot. There's. I wouldn't say there's a lot of emails that we get that we don't read, but there's some. <laughs> <laughs> No, we read them. We just don't read yeah, them. Yeah, we read. The air. We read everything That's people send us. It's just we don't read them all on the air. Yeah. Some of them are. Some. I mean, some of them are. Some of them actually say, "Do not read this on the air." Yeah, please. Yeah, and sometimes we check. Like, hey, you know, this is pretty heavy duty stuff. Do you mind? And you know, of course, if you say no, then we'll read it anyway. <laughs> uh, no, no, we won't. No, That's not how we that. roll. But um, that's not that's not the way we do things I, around here. But is this sad, Steve? Is it sad? No, uh, no, no! It isn't. Farmer Ted's fine. He he slept with the prom queen. Yeah, he's in good. the church parking lot, I guess. Or <laughs> oh yeah, because location matters. I mean, we're not buying a house. Yeah, here. that's a good point. Um, I have 
I have a theory here. Oh, I love this. It, Come on. It seems like unrequited love is a is a more of a male phenomenon in 80s movies. <clears throat> it's, it, well, we could talk about the problems with the, you know, the Hollywood creating female characters that do right. anything other than talk to other female characters about men, but that's a that's on our other podcast. <laughs> yeah, the one that no one listens to. Um, the one that yeah, the Bechdel test in the eighties has three female listeners, but um, but there is a movie where there is an angle like that, um, but it's not the main plot. And so, stick with me here as I explain uh, my love of Daphne Zuniga in the nineteen eighty five movie Vision Quest. Hey Swain, okay, I'm going to give it to you straight. I think I love you. Oh, Jesus. Okay, okay, stay with me here. I know <laughs> that everyone's trying to think, Daphne Zuniga was in Vision Quest? Yes. She plays yeah, you're, you're... She plays the high school newspaper editor who has the crush on Loudon Swain. Great character name, by the way. Oh, it really is good. <laughs> uh, played by Matthew Modine. So this is another unrequited love movie in the sense that Loudon's got the hots for... An older woman staying in the family house, played by the very smoky Linda Fiorentino. Oof, yeah, who can blame that guy? And yes, they do end up briefly together, but she leaves at the end. So is it unrequited, required? I don't know how to rank that. But for me, though, the real sad injustice is that Daphne Zuniga, whose character's name escapes me. Um, I don't know that it's really important. Um, at one point, <laughs> finally works up the courage to tell Matthew Modine to his face yeah, that she loves him, and what does he do? He passes out because he's been he's been working out so much. He's probably got some sort of iron deficiency. So I'm, I'm not a medical expert. Wrestlers, you know. I mean, seriously, what do yeah, you? Yeah. So, so a brief a brief shining moment for women lusting after someone that she doesn't probably end up with, but um, <laughs> don't. it's possible, Steve. And I only have a male perspective to share here, but it's possible that. We men are just more like clueless and entertaining in our in our unrequited love. You think pursuits. that's possible? <laughs> yeah, it's probable. I, I don't want to. I don't want to paint us all with the big old tarry brush. But you're no. I right. I asked like her. I, I asked future. Ho, ho. I I asked future wife about my theory last night, and she said I asked her if she had a problem with the fact that women are underrepresented in the unrequited love formula and she said no she had no problem with that whatsoever it was it was <laughs> because we're smarter than that she, she thought it was thoroughly just that it that it should be the men who are aggravated in that regard so well you know we're just not that clever yeah, ladies so you we're know in clever. the end how important is the unrequited love of vision quest who knows he won the match that's all anyone cares about when the movie's over no one no one's scanning the crowd to see you know where daphne's no one's so. like does she take him out for a pizza? Or something. I think you're dehydrated. Nah, I'm the victim of a screwed up nitrogen balance. Plus, I think I've contracted priapism. What's priapism? Well, that's a disease of constant erection. I read about it in my rare diseases book. There's one movie that obviously everyone at home is probably screaming about at some point now and saying, I can't believe they haven't mentioned. Okay. Brad, what movie am I talking about? You're talking about The Last American Virgin. Cue the music. I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Cause here we are this is the Casablanca of the 80s. 
I'm shocked, shocked to find sex going on here. There's no dialogue for like the last four minutes of the movie. It's poor Gary, who has had the hots for Karen, played by the lovely Diane Franklin, for the entire movie. But his dick friend Rick gets to her first. He dumps her because she's pregnant. Gary pays for the abortion. Finally thinks that he's getting his dream. Sells his stereo. Yeah, sells his stereo, I think, to do that, right? Yeah. And um, only to come to the party at the end of the movie and see Karen and Rick back together again. Nobody says a word. There's no line for us to use here. He just... What is there to say? What? What? Could you, I mean, write some dialogue for that. I, you can't. You no. can't. You can't. You, you don't need to. It's all... It's all and, there. And and credit to these three actors because they communicate yeah, everything. They did. He, drive, he drives the, away the look, and the credits the roll. The look on his face. And that's it. When he opens the kitchen door, I don't know how I don't know how he did. Is he thinking about that time he watched his dog get run over by a car or something? I don't know because it's pretty believable. It's just like, oh. Yeah. It's the obligatory gif whenever uh, someone's feeling sad. It's like, oh, give him the Gary gif. Hey, don't worry. <laughs> going to be all right. Anyway, we weren't the only ones who had some ideas for unrequited love movies. Um, here's some of the suggestions we had from our patrons. Uh, Chase Squires, our friend Chase down in Ecuador, says, quote, two movies come to mind. Tom Hanks in Big, where I guess it's the girl who doesn't get the kid, which is a bit weird. Granted. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, she's, you know, some people get, you know, you, you hear, you've heard of getting <laughs> blocked. She got Zoltan blocked. Yes. Get that on a T-shirt. Send it to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll wear that on the cruise. That's the only place people, that get people will understand what the heck you're talking about. And the other movie he said was uh, St. Animal's Fire, where nobody gets anybody. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, somebody made a point. Um, can we talk about the last show real quick? I got a text from Alexi Lawless about our last okay. show, uh, pointing out that isn't St. Elmo's Fire really the Cobra Kai treatment of Breakfast Club? Oh. And I was like, <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> Dang. Well, no, Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, well, but yeah, right. Yes. But it's that next phase yeah, in life, yeah, it right? Is. And they're, they're, it's like unrequited adulthood. It's not unrequited love. They're like, just not, they haven't figured out how to be grown ups yeah. yet. Oh my gosh, that's why I hate that movie. I, I, I remember seeing that movie and it really screwed me up at the time because I think it was. I just finished maybe like my first semester of college and something, and you know you're just okay. you're just kind of and you're like this is what's coming, this is what's waiting for me, this is yeah. ridiculous. I remember being really, really depressed, and now I'm even more depressed when I realize that nobody gets anybody. So, um, Lynn with three ends in Nebraska, he had an idea, uh, Tootsie. Um, he says that Dustin Hoffman comes up short in his pursuit of Jessica Lange when his real gender is revealed. Uh, does it though? I mean, I thought at the end of the movie yeah. that I saw them walking together down the street. I mean, I don't know. That's that's exactly right. He she does at least engage in conversation yeah, with it, him. If but, anything, I mean, it's a start. So you're saying there's a chance. Basically, there's the unrequited guy love line of the of everything. Ever. So you're saying if I was the last man on earth, there's a possibility. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's, I think it's her dad who comes up short, but that's okay. Shan Nichols had an idea. He said, uh, what about Better Off Dead and Ricky? Monique, this is Ricky. Ricky, this is Monique, the French foreign exchange student who'll be staying with us. <laughs> wow. Ooh, I like that. It's not a main character. Yeah. 
but he does. Well, is he chasing after? Is it Monique or is his mom chasing no, after I Monique? Th- I don't ooh, know. Ooh, that gets even that's weirder. Weird. But he's he's got a point there. That's a good one. There's some close but no cigar movies too that I I would say need to be talked about. If only to mention their titles. We we obviously mentioned some kind of wonderful. Yeah, which is unrequited right up until the like the closing credits are about to roll, and he smooches her again. The first smooch in the garage is way better, but this is when yeah. it all becomes requited. Uh, Secret Admirer was the same way. Um, it, you know, uh, the, the ending of the movie undoes it. Uh, Roxanne, yeah. uh, Spit Valve McGee, our friend Spit Valve, suggested that one. It's a it's a good one. Again, it's all unrequited right yeah. up until it isn't, which is kind of the way probably every relationship is when it gets started, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, two other movies that I, I think we could have talked about, but I, no one's really seen them except for me uh, and, and Alexi Lawless, for that matter. Uh, Gregory's Girl, which was a soccer movie um, mm. set in the early 80s in Scotland, and then The Rachel Papers, which had Ione Sky in it, but... Um, definitely worth i have rachel papers on dvd oddly enough but not gregory's girl i, I want to say gregory's girl was on hbo all the time like in the mid it was it was in the 80s yeah, yeah. so fact check spears I, I tried i tried to to, to to uh write up a synopsis of it but but he, 40 years <laughs> later the ending is still too bizarre for me to actually put into words so and then he got called offside and the keeper was out of his area yeah. well he ends up with like four dates in the final scene and it just doesn't really make much sense to me but it was a good movie about soccer for up until then right you all know what i'm looking for a goal scorer and that requires two basic skills ball control shooting accuracy and the ability to read the game three things so this trial will allow me to assess these two three basic aspects of your skills right we we mentioned songs about unrequited love and and i think the 80s is full of them i mean oh yeah every decade maybe the one most anthemic one of the most anthemic songs of the 80s jesse's girl by rick springfield is 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 like the template for a song about unrequited love yeah (laughs) the 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 gold standard of Lusting after somebody yeah. you can't um, can't fight this feeling by Ario Speedwagon, which their <sighs> biggest. Hit. Do we have to talk about the Oars song again? <laughs> I hate myself for loving you by Joan Jett. Obviously, okay. Uh, every little thing she does is magic by the police is considered an unrequited love song. I like that just because it's so damn upbeat <laughs> while being such a yeah. downbeat topic. But there's one song that someone suggested that I had never heard of, and so I, I, I looked into it a little bit today. It's this song. Called the Saturday Boy by Billy Bragg. In the times we were close, far and few between. In the darkness of the dances in the school canteen, did she close her eyes as I did when we held each other tight? And la 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 means I love you. Billy Bragg is probably one of those names where. I don't know. Maybe like a few dozen of our listeners kind of know who we're talking yeah. about. You know, like you recognize him. You're like, mm, wait, was he was he in Time Bandits <laughs> or did he sing on, you know, or did he sing on We Are the World? Yeah, I, eh, I can't. I can't quite. Well, place he, it. he yeah. was an English uh, singer songwriter and an activist. He um, is still around today. Still, still performs. 
nice long career that started in the late 70s. But he wrote this song for his 1984 album called Brewing Up with Billy Bragg. And it's a song about early adolescence when unrequited love is just at its probably at its worst. What a fantastic time that is. Oh. And, and it's I remember music really screwed me up back then. Man, you were a ripe target. For well, I, I remember Styx used to have a song called First Time, and it was off of their Cornerstone album, and it was like that was like okay. 1979, I think. And it's all about first love. And I remember, and I, th- I think that's when I had my first girlfriend ish around that sort of maybe time. And mm-hmm. I, I just remember it was like, oh, too much, too much. Like, you know, just, you know, you know. Yeah. Salute that. Yeah. Come on. Can't, can't you just give me a kiss song that just is singing about my dick instead? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, take your, take your pick. The Saturday boy is interesting. It, it's, it's, it's only about three minutes long. It has 36 lines of lyrics and there's no chorus. And huh. it's just, a, it's just a story with a narrator remembering the very start of his teenage years. And, Medium.com has this amazing interview by by Michael Hahn with Billy Bragg talking about his school years, I guess which was a time when he was greatly bullied, but also, you know, encountering love for the first time. And uh, Billy said about uh, this song, uh, I was just trying to jog my way through school, trying to avoid the bullies, trying to ingratiate myself with the cool kids, trying to make any desperate connection with the pretty girls in our class, but I never really did. Dang, Billy, yeah. talk to me. Where were you when I was in middle school? I know, school? I needed this song. Oh, you were probably in middle school, too. There's, there's some lyrics at the end of the song that I think, like when I, when I, when I read this the, the first time, I was like, oh, my God. Um, he's, the, the lyrics at the end of the song are, in the end, it took me a dictionary to find out the meaning of unrequited while she was giving herself for free at a party to which I was never invited. Just, oh my gosh! Can I? We, I need a minute here. Can you just? Can we stop the podcast for a little bit? Holy crap! That's really well yeah. said. Um, it's it's an interesting. Then, then the song ends on a trumpet solo. <laughs> I don't. All the best songs uh, do. Just ask Maynard Ferguson. Yeah. But anyway, check it out. Or Miles Davis. We'll put a link to it yeah. uh, in the show notes. But uh, Billy Bragg, the, what the Saturday Boy has to means about it those words i don't even think appear in the song it's just one of those i billy i feel like i need to go and listen to this song i i, I don't know if i've told this story i feel like i have told this at least some of this story on the podcast but when uh, you know when i was in seventh i think it was seventh grade when i was in seventh grade i had a big crush on this girl that i was in uh, english class with, yeah right she sat right in front of me and uh i was just so completely enamored of her anything she did if she like oh she didn't punch me when she walked by me she must like me too <laughs> So at some point, you know, in my great seventh grade, you know, seventh grade hero mode, I'm like, oh, I could talk to her or I could write a note and slip that note in, like in her locker or something. And, you know, do you want to be my girlfriend? Of course, the note comes back with like magic marker. No written on it. She just slams oh, it on the no. desk. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, OK, I guess that's not so a that's thing. a maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're saying ask again later. <laughs> Yeah, oof. yeah. I, I feel you, Billy. I feel you. <laughs> it's horrible. I, as much as I love the idea of reliving the '80s, there's there's definitely aspects of it I I want no part of. 
Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I was just thinking about that just now. Like, we talk a lot about the the podcast time machine and what you'd use yeah. it for. But what if the podcast time machine decides to send you back to middle school instead? Duh. Like, I don't, I don't know. But I, I mean, maybe knowing now, what I, if I knew then what I know now, like it, it would be water off a duck's back. But wow, man, what what if what if you just had to go back and redo it? I mean, talk about hell. Well, I. See when he, when you when anyone says middle school to me like there's a reason I rarely ever talk about middle school. Um, one of the well, technically it was junior high. Yeah, for me, we call it anyway. In, the kids these days, it's yeah, middle in school. Florida, it was always it's called middle school, and um, I think it was seventh grade. This is damn seventh grade, man. No one's ready for that. <sighs> it's rough. I, it's just I, rough. I, what I, I remember, kids are animals. Ugh. I. I I remember the most embarrassing one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me in my life happened in seventh grade. I I um I remember it was lunch and I remember they had steakums. Do you do you know what steakums are? Yeah, yeah, they're like really thin, supposed to be meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would like yeah. fry them up and put some American cheese yeah, on and stick like it on like the a hot sandwich. dog bun. Well, I remember having it for lunch that day. And mm. um and then I, I was in English class, I remember. <laughs> I, I bet I, I could I bet if you put me in a state of uh, – Put you in hypnosis so we could I, get I could through this. I could probably describe the room you know, to a T. And I definitely know where my chair was. What was your teacher's I name? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not really good with teachers. Like, remember the, the teacher that was in charge of the Cougarettes? I can't remember her name either. I, it was something like Mrs. Colbert or something like that. But I know it's not Colbert. Anyway, I at that point in my life um, – there were so many things I had not experienced, one of which was food sickness. <laughs> oh, no. But in the middle of class, it suddenly hit me. And I started feeling a little nauseous. I started getting a little sweaty. And then <laughs> just threw up all over my desk. Oh, no. I mean, oh, no. I mean, like, oh. like someone had exploded a, a gigantic water balloon of vomit. Oh, it just like. <laughs> Like straight out of a Monty Python movie. Ah, good afternoon, sir. And how are we today? Better. Better? Better get a bucket. I'm going to throw up. Uh, Gaston, a bucket for monsieur. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, you know, the school gossip uh, network. Within 15 seconds, the entire yeah. school knows Steve blue chunks all over the classroom. The, the way I remember it is this. Nobody said a word. It might have actually been like silent reading time when I did it. Nobody said a word. <laughs> but it's just like you, you couldn't have ignored it. It wasn't like, a, oh, a little cute pile. Uh, I yeah. mean, you couldn't ignore me if you tried. I mean, it was like a bucket, like a like a, two gallons of, you know, oh. industrial waste. And so I raised, I raised my hand. I'm like, you know, uh, I have a problem here. I think I just got sick. And like, still, like everyone just <laughs> this look of terror in everyone's face as it starts oh. dripping off the desk onto the floor. And I, Oh. So they sent me home. Thoughtful. <laughs> and then the Thoughtful. next day we get to class, you know, and, you know, no, obviously, I think we had assigned seating or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's And I had a, there was a brand new desk or a different desk anyway <coughs> waiting for me. And they still had my old desk like in the corner, like wrapped up in some sort of tarp. <laughs> Like it was some sort of monument to to folly. That's that's not so good. Yeah, 
I mean, I, junior high is just tough for everybody. I think I've told this story on the show. Like, I remember talking to my kids at some point, I think when they were in high school, I'm like, you guys seem to do okay in junior high. And my son looks me in the eye and was like, Dad, I didn't have any friends in junior high. Why do you think I ate lunch in the library every day? And I was like, oh, oh man. But there's just, there's you know, and I felt terrible about it. But it's just, it's something everybody has to push yeah. through, you know? I, I think middle school is... The only thing you learn in middle school is how, how to survive the unsurvivable. How to survive, and if you're lucky, you find your yeah. people. I didn't until high school, but I mean, the vomiting didn't help. No one really wanted to be my friend after that. It's helpful. You know what else would be helpful right now? A switch to the, the seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're into the drawing for some swag. Are we out of bottle openers yet? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. I have a healthy supply. Um, our old... I laid in a good stock pre-pandemic. Our old... Our, one of our original podcast producers came by to visit me today. Uh, Dave Morrison, a.k.a. The Maestro. The Maestro. Uh, longtime fans might might remember him. He uh, he still lives over in the Tampa Bay area, but he was he was driving through, and he brought me a... A uh, Christmas, a belated Christmas present, which was a, um, it's the soundtrack to Ferris Bueller, but not just the songs that are in Ferris Bueller. Like literally every little snippet of, like the, the coughing on the keyboard is on there. Oh, everything that makes me laugh every time. Every time yeah, I laugh at yeah. that. So that was nice. And I gave him, hence the segue here. I gave him a, a swag bag full of um, stuff, including a bottle opener, which he says he. Nice. Over the years, he's always wanted a bottle opener from us and never got one, so he has one now. It's one of the old ones, though. It's the oh, like the claw. the aluminum, like the claw yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah that, that's cool. I, when you say the maestro, I immediately picture the Bugs Bunny cartoon <laughs> where he's impersonating a, a, a conductor, orchestra conductor, yeah. and the orchestra's like Leopold, 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 <laughs> Leopold. Oh, that was too great. many cartoons on Saturday mornings, kids. It was great to catch up with him. Um, and I mean, I I thanked him again for all. I mean, if it weren't for him, we this thing would never have lasted more than twenty episodes. So, some five hundred eighty-eight shows later, thank you, Maestro. Mental. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, here was our movie madness clip <laughs> from episode five eighty-five. Why don't you quit so we can get us a real coach? Yep, that's Wildcats. Oh. And just about everybody who got it right also um, wanted to include the clip of the cheerleaders <laughs> from that movie. So we'll play it here for you now, too. You I love it. Anyway. Look, this movie's terrible. It's the complete formula. And I will watch any section of it anytime yeah. I happen to catch any of it on any platform ever. Yeah, yeah. I just it's so entertaining. Yep. Do you think they're gonna win the big game? Gee, Steve, I don't know. Oh, uh, we got some winners. I thought we'd have more, but um we got some. Why don't you read them, Brad? Well, you know, podcast moves pretty fast. You, know, you gotta keep up. The winners this week include Kyle K in Arkansas, Stony Stitt, Tom Korn in Austria, Brian Davis from the Damn Good Movie Memories Podcast, Stephen Halifax, Kevin Serving Wench, Cliff from somewhere north of Detroit, Jackie in Bethesda, Bill Pops Bowers, Shan Nichols, Christine in Philly, Dave Parrott, Brock in North Dakota, and Michelle D in South Carolina. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. My God, son, where are all the weapons? 
The weapons are secured, sir. If you know it, email us at podcast at SITs.com. I don't know why I'm hitting a weird note there. Yeah, I, I might, it's nice. I like I it. I feel a little queasy after telling that story, I got to admit. It's snappy. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I do too. It might be the steakums I had for lunch right before oh, we no, started please. recording. It's going to get sushi tonight, <laughs> but I don't think I can anymore. Um, <laughs> and tune in in a few weeks and find out if you're a winner. Ah, <laughs> oh, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. The original Segi unstuck in the 80s. I, I remember in the day when we started this, it was back when the maestro was still there. He actually play, He actually chose the clips. Oh, interesting. And so he was the OG Seggy picker. Yeah, he picked him and he played them for us live on the show. Oh, really? So funny. He would try to stump us and the listeners at the same time. He was um, such an engineer that he was. He was able to figure out how to to pipe music into our ears while we were listening to the show. Well, and, yeah, you're uh, all in one room. It makes it a lot easier. No, we were in a different room. But um, what happened? And then, and then I think at some point, originally we just had the clip. We never actually played the full song after. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know why I'm walking down memory lane. It's, it's not necessary. <laughs> on, on this show, a nostalgia podcast, we're talking about point. memory lane. I, Is that okay? I see your point. Um, Okay, from show 585. We're not stuck in 2005, Spearsy. <laughs> from show 585, here was that mystery clip. That's How to Be a Millionaire by ABC. ABC is going to be on the 2022 uh, 80s cruise. This song, I have been, since you picked this clip, I've been listening to this song nonstop. Dollars and pounds. Mm. Pounds, pounds, dollars and pounds. Pounds, pounds, dollars. Pounds, dollars. Pounds, dollars. (laughs) I keep sending Steve instant messages. Pounds, dollars. Pounds, dollars. (laughs) Stop it, Brad. (laughs) I love it. They're so good. And and yeah. live, I, I, I'm excited to yeah. see them again. I might have to. It's really see him again. Let's face it. But he's great. He's so yeah. much fun. He's he's such a a fun guy to talk to. He's such a. Let's get him on. Let's see if we can get him back on the show. That'd be nice. It's been it's been yeah. like twelve years, years probably yeah, to twelve. Yeah. Like he was on the regeneration tour. That was the 2009 regeneration tour. No, no, you're right. 2009. I saw him on the. Oh, who knows. <laughs> Divert. He might have been on 2008, too, for he all was. I know. He was. So good. Anyway. That gold suit. Damn. Yeah. I need one of those suits. I don't think he has I'm that anymore. A, I'm, get, I'm getting a gold suit for this for the next cruise. Oh, I yeah. think he said it's he lost happen. that. I, when I interviewed yeah. him back in 2008, I think he said he probably has replaced it, but I remember- the He probably re- has a new one. Yeah, he's, yeah, he lost the original one. Do you have any clothes from the 80s like that, Steve? Me? Yeah, um, like a gold lame suit that you wore to prom or something. No, the only thing I have from the '80s is my Journey concert shirt from the Escape Tour. Okay, and that's a. I have my replica of my. I've, oh well, that doesn't count. Yeah, but it's exact I replica. Have, I mean, well, okay, if you say so, Skippy. <laughs> I have my letter jacket, my band letter jacket, all 
So cool. Uh, and believe it or not, I have part of my uh, high school drum major uniform. Oh, my God. Katie is always teasing me like, oh, you going to put that on for me sometime? Yeah. Like, oh, hell no. I, I can't imagine that it would fit on me. I was like literally uh, skinnier than a two by four when you I was do in high it school. for Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <sighs> time hey, to baby. strike up the band. <laughs> let's, uh, let's mark time. What do you say? Um, yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, Just the hat. Although I, I, yeah, I don't have the hat. Actually, I'd kill for the hat. The hat was great. Uh, but uh yeah no this valentine's day i think it's going to be you know a little more traditional gifts i've discussed on the podcast before the uh, great saint valentine's day massacre of 1999 when my wife was eight months pregnant seven months pregnant and on bed rest and still managed to get me something for valentine's day and i came home not just with a little something but literally empty-handed i am breaking out in a cold sweat just thinking about it it was not good. The, the prop- she was. I'll never forget the look on her face. Like talk about things you'll never forget. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I am, I am just a complete turd." The, the problem. <laughs> There's no two ways around. It. The, the problem I'm having this year is that I ordered. I mean, these days you everything you buy you order. I mean, online. I mean, you can't. Right. It's not like there's retail establishments that are open anymore. But I, I ordered like four or five things, and only one of them has arrived so far. <gasps> So there's going to be like some sort of um, IOUs involved here, and I'd, here's a photo of the item. Yeah, I selected I might, for you. I never thought about that, but that's that's a possibility. Um, Don't pin that shit on me, brother. I mean, but dinner, dinner, a steakhouse <laughs> for sure, and then, um, just you know, I just hope that at least one more thing arrives. And I, I don't even want to say what the things are because. I don't know if she'll listen to the show between now and Valentine's Day. I don't want to ruin any surprises. So, Yeah, no, I think that's we'll talk prudent. talk about it later. That's, anyway, that's we had prudent. some winners. Keep, keep your powder dry, as we said. We had some winners. Yeah, we did. Wake up, Spearsy, while I read the winners. Oh God. Winners this week include Kyle K. in Arkansas, Stoney Stitt, Kevin Pipe Winch, Shan Nichols. A lot, of, a lot of smart people that listen to this show that got both of them. Scott Rubenstein, Terry Down Under, Lynn with three ends in Nebraska, Aaron, Aaron, Alvin Wilson, Richard the Big Bunny, Derek Rutten in London, Ontario, Lido from Austin, Martin the Irish Evertonian, Maine's Benevolent 80s Overlord, Ron Raymond Jr., Cliff from somewhere north of Detroit, Dave Horn, Stephen Ventura, Dan in Omaha, Donnie Gettle rhymes with Ipswich, Debbie H. from MV, John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, Peter in Montreal, Jeff in Minnesota, and Joe Perdue. So let's spin a wheel. Let's find out who's going to take home a... Uh, they're not going to take home a bottle opener. They're going to to magically receive one at their home. They're going to receive one at their home. They could take it home from their mailbox. Yes. Um, ready to spin it? Uh, yeah, here we go. You want me to spin it? Yeah, please. Ooh, don't, don't, don't do something bad. Mm, much anger. All that seventh grade angst I, I, went into I that. I think spin. I turned cliche as a pale just recounting that story. Uh, looks like it's going to land on Alvin Wilson. Okay, excellent. You are this week's wiener. Uh, send us your postal address, and we will get something out to you. Um, if you don't get it in the Post-taste. next six months, don't blame Brad. Blame the postal service. So. Uh, you can blame me. I, uh, but I'll get it out. I, I'm a couple behind, but I'm, they're going to go out this next week. Good. Uh, in the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sats.com. 
and tune in in a few weeks to find out if you are a winner. There we go. Went kind of dark there. So <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I do I, anything sorry. these days. It's just unrequited podcasting. Oh, God. I swear. My nose is starting to run now thinking about that stupid story. Uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Told the boys we'd go up to the cabin, and then I caught this cold. I didn't know what to take, and then I remembered, don't ask a cold tablet or nighttime liquid to do contacts job. Took a contact, and, well, here we are. Contacts job, continuous relief. One capsule's tiny time pills help relieve sneezing, runny nose, nasal congestion. Up to 12 hours, one in the morning, one at night. All day and all night relief. That's contacts job. And we're back. Um, I got some tissue, and everything seems to be fine now. Um, good, good. It is the end of the show, so we have some uh, patrons to thank. We do. We do. Uh, let me do that right now. Steve, this week, our new patrons are Dave Estel, Mild Bill Monty, Glenn Robinson, Colin Hall, and Debbie Harped. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, you help us to continue doing the show week after week and cover our expenses. Um, it means the world to us. Uh, it really does. In the meantime, um, I'm not kidding. I want your stories. We need your pain. We hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Um, please don't let the darkness of uh, of Ducky and Gary and Daphne get you down. Yeah. Uh, because re- May your love all be requited <laughs> yes. and not unrequited. Because we're with you, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening. <laughs>